0: Well, with your Bibles, if you can open up to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. For those of you that are still learning um, where to look in the Bible, 1 Peter is in the New Testament. And you can start by looking for Hebrews, and right at, then you just continue on, and you'll find Peter, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. When you have it, say amen. 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 It says this, very simple verse. Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow and respect to salvation. Again, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Father God, we thank you for this amazing word. Father, for your word shall not return void. It will accomplish what you have sent it to do this morning father i ask that you would speak through me lord god because i lack wisdom your word says he that lacketh wisdom to ask and you will give it unto them abundantly father i ask that you would speak speak to my life as well lord speak to everyone here that you would receive all the glory the honor and the praise in jesus name amen you can be seated many of you know that uh i love talking about food It's my thing. And uh, how many of you are hungry today? Yeah. Amen. You're already prepping for next week, right? You're prepping for next week. You're in. Oh, trying to get that rhythm going, right? You're prepping. You're prepping. Well, today we're going to talk about a little bit about food. So the only, only thing I got to tell you is buckle up. We're going to talk about food today. Mm. And I like food. I do. It's really, really, really a good thing. The title of my message is Spiritually Hungry. Spiritually Hungry. If you go to any doctor, doctors will tell you that to have a loss of appetite means that something is not right in your life. Something is not right. In your life, see, a loss of appetite can be physical or it can be psychological. See, it's often temporary due to factors such as an infection or digestive system, in which case, the appetite is going to come back. It'll come back. You know, when a person has recovered from whatever sickness it is that they are going through. But then there's some people who lose their appetite as a symptom of a long-term medical condition. And that's sad. And it's tough. It's a really hard thing. Such as in the late stages of serious illness like cancer. You know, my father passed away. My father was a strong man. And he he withered down, I'm going to say, to like 108 pounds. And my father was a strong man. And he had no appetite. Didn't want to eat. Didn't want to eat anything. See, this part of, uh, when you're at that level, this, this um, part of a condition, and it's called, doctors call it c- cachexia. That's what they call it, cachexia. The medical term for a complete loss of appetite over a more extended period of time is anorexia. Many of us know individuals that have had an anorexia and then um, that brings them to that part of bulimia, right? When people eat and then they release it later on in the bathroom. And it's sad. It's a sad condition. We see people that literally wither away. But at the same time, it also can be, like I said, a mental health issue. It really can be. See, there's some causes of this sickness. I mean, it could be the flu. You ever get in that condition? You get the flu, or you get cold, or you get a, something like that, and you just don't feel like eating. You just really don't feel like eating. You, you feel like literally getting into bed, rolling up in your blanket, right, and just turning the lights off, and just saying, oh, just please leave me alone. Just I just don't want to be bothered. Right? I, I'm not even hungry. Hungry? I just don't. Hungry. But of course, we as men, when our wives get in that condition, we as men really um, we 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 come to the rescue for our wives. And what we usually do, what the majority of men usually do, is they say, "Baby, I'm going to make you some chicken soup." Why are you laughing? I'm going to make you some chicken soup. And what they do is they go, to, they go to the supermarket. And they walk past the chicken noodle soup section. And they go right for the real chicken. They look at it and they go, which one looks the best? This is for my baby. I got I to gotta make it look, it got to be the best. So they find it, they take it home, they they boil it, put a little seasoning on it. They literally with all the love shred it with their hands. <laughs> Have the the broth boiling in the pot and and every time they come that's just right. They put the meat in it, get it all prepped, get it all nice, then they go and get the best china. And they put it in the bowl. And then they get a little garnish. Then they get a little napkin and they fold it up, put it on the side. And then they walk into the room. Baby, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) You heard that? That was my wife. (laughs) Then they, you, you. Baby, let me prop you up. I'm going to get a couple of pillows. You prop her up. Put the napkin on her. And you begin to feed her. <laughs> Baby, I got you. Baby, oh. And then what they do. I don't know if Americans do this, but Puerto Ricans do. They go get the Vicks. <laughs> Mommy. Mommy. Mommy, take off your socks. (laughs) And they put it on their feet. And then they put the sock back on. And then they look at it and you go, how you feel, baby? Oh, I forgot. Then the Puerto Rican culture, you know, you know, we use Western oil for everything. You go heat up a little Western oil. And you put it on her chest. <laughs> All you Puerto Ricans and Dominicans, don't. You sit here, we don't do that. Yes, you do. Yeah. And you say, baby, I got you. Right? Right, guys? That's right. Tr- <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know about you. That's what I do. But what ends up happening is you have a loss of appetite, right? You don't feel like eating. You don't feel like doing any of this stuff. But at the same time, there's something that's even worse. And it's a loss of spiritual appetite. See, it's just as serious as physical loss of appetite. If you don't have a hunger to know God and you're not thirsty to know God... You are sick spiritually. It's called spiritual anorexia. How do I maintain my spiritual hunger for God the rest of my life? That's an important question. How do I maintain that spiritual desire, that hunger? I, I want to be hungry for God. See, our goal should be that tomorrow I want to know God better than today and next month i want to know him better than this past month see our spiritual appetites our spiritual hunger needs to grow daily so important so there are a few points that we're going to cover today regarding my spiritual hunger the first one is this You need to remind yourself of how much God loves you. It's the first one. Remind yourself of how much God loves you. See, when you get up in the morning, instead of grabbing your phone and check your email, just just lie in bed and say to the Lord, today, Lord, help me to remember how much you love me. Help me. Help me to remember that. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3 says this, see what, God, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. You see, the more you understand how much God loves you, the more you are going to love him. How many here are engaged to be married? You guys? Okay, congratulations. So you're in the beginning stages of marriage, right? One of the things that you do, you're madly in love with each other. It's this passionate love. You just, I love you, baby. Every time I love you. That's all you're saying. I'll see you tomorrow or I'll speak. I love you. So you go to your house, and she goes to her house, and, and like every second, I got, I got to talk to her. I got, I got to see her face. I have to smell her perfume, right? You get into bed. My man is going, yeah, that's right. He's got, so you get into bed, and you say, the last thing I want to do is hear her voice. So you get on the phone, and you call her. Hey, baby. I'm just going to lie here with the phone on because I need to hear you breathe and that helped me fall asleep. Baby, I just want to tell you I love you. And you got my man Barry, Barry, was that? Barry, uh, Barry, see all you girls are Barry White, Barry White. In the background, playing his music. Says, yeah, baby. <laughs> and, and you, you go to sleep that way. But then you wake up in the morning, and the phone's still on. And you say, "Baby, are you, uh, are you awake?" <sighs> All you married people did that. You did. See, when I got married um, and my wife and I were dating, there was no cell phones. Zero. There was no cell phones. And I had to go outside to call her. That's when, remember when the phone calls were a dime still, not 25 cents? Right? So I had a pocket full of dimes. I used to stand in front of the, the diner because that's where the phone was. And I used to speak to her for three hours on the phone. Three hours. Because my mother didn't let me use the phone. It's true. Some of you guys did the same thing. Right? You did it, right? You're out there because your mother didn't let you use the phone either, right? Of course. Of course. Why? Because I wanted to hear her voice. And finally, I said to her, honey, we can't do this anymore. We got to get married. In 1985, we got married. You know, we've been married 34 years. Amen. We're going to be married 35 years next year. And we have two amazing daughters. And we are so blessed. And an amazing son. He's my son-in-law, but he is my son. I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna talk to you guys about him a little later, um, but he is an amazing young man who I loved. God, we didn't have any. We didn't have a son, but God says I'm gonna give you one, and He gave me my amazing son, Steve, which I love deeply. So we know that we need to build that love, right? But one of the things, um, as as a, as a Christian, and I've been serving the Lord for many many years. You know, it got to a point in my life when I was young in the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't feel that I want to be close to God. I, I just don't feel that I want to be close to you. I guess my problem is that I just don't love Jesus enough. And I realized, no, it's not that I don't love Jesus enough. It's that I don't understand his love. That was the problem. I didn't understand his love. See, when you realize how much he loves you, you cannot help but love him back. Can't. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 through 19, it says this. Pray that you understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep God's love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Understand this, that on this earth, right now, there aren't words to express, and there isn't a word that exists um, that can explain God's love. Just isn't. When you get to heaven, you'll be able to understand. And, I, and, and I'll be honest with you, I still don't think we'll understand the magnitude of his love. So while you're here, you, 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 mustn't, you, you probably know a fraction of his love. But one of the things that we need to do is to pray continuously that we would be reminded how God loves us, how much he loves us. See, the second key to having a spiritual appetite, excuse me, or hunger is stop filling up on junk food. See, you're a spiritual being with a hole in your heart when you don't have God that needs to be filled up with his love. You cannot fill that hole with a great salary, bigger house, nicer car, vacation, success, um, uh, possessions, uh, position, power, prestige. You just, none of this stuff will fill that. You're not going to be filled with this junk, junk food. See, if you're not hungry for God, it's because you are full of yourself. Right? Full of yourself. See, when you're full of yourself, you will not be hungry for God. It's not going to happen. See, Proverbs 15, 14 says this. A wise person is hungry for truth while the fool, F-O-O-L, fool, feeds on trash. A wise person is hungry for truth while the fool feeds on trash. Trash. See, maybe you need to get rid of some of the trash in your life. See, if you're always thinking of other things instead of God, you're not gonna make time for God. If I'm always thinking about sports or politics or my pepe, not say pepe, my 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 sport, especially in this season, is hunting. I'm sorry for those of you guys that love animals. <laughs> but I love them too. Especially the backstrap, <laughs> but that's, if I obsess with this, and that's all I'm thinking, I'm breathing, I'm that's all. Oh, I gotta get out. I gotta get into the tree stand. I gotta get out to the woods. I gotta get out to the yeah. Yes, I gotta get. What am I doing? I'm obsessing with something I shouldn't be obsessing with. You know, this past year, or last year, or last year, two years ago, um. I tried skiing, yes, we do not have snow in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I tried skiing, so Brother Brian Logan took us out, me and Pastor Brandon and my wife and and his family and we skiing, so it was interesting <laughs> because it. We were the only African American and Puerto Rican up on the ski slopes. <laughs> and I was on the bunny slope. And he's telling me how to stop. Now, Pastor Brandon, there's no snow in Texas, as far as I know, where he lives. So, Pastor Brandon is next to me, and we're, he's going, So, he's doing good. And I'm still on the bunny slopes. And finally, I look and I go, where did Brandon go? And Brian says to me, he's up there. He got up on the highest mountain. And I said, you're crazy. He was coming down going, and I was still on the bunny slopes going. This year we're going, bro. And I'm going on that mountain with you. I'm telling you. But we don't need to obsess with these things. If we become obsessed with them, we forget about what we should be obsessed for. We become hungry for these things. We forget that our hunger needs to be focused on God. See, the reason that I'm feeding on other things... Is that there's a lack. See, I begin to feed my mind with these other things. Because there's an emptiness. See, the, it, the your enemy, if he can do one thing, this, just this one thing in your life, he wins. And that is taking control of your mind. Why? Because he knows the power that you have when you speak. See, if he puts junk in your mind, we have a tendency of speaking what we think. How many of you guys have a dream and you get up in the morning, the first thing you want to do, oh, look at the dream I had. It could be horrific. And you begin to speak this dream. No, don't do this. Watch what comes out of your mouth. It's powerful. Watch how you speak to your wife, men. Women, watch how you speak to your husband. That's what the enemy wants. This is a powerful tool. See, but when you hunger for the things of God, what ends up happening is, and you begin to feed yourself with the things of God, you begin to speak differently. Thanksgiving is coming Thursday, right? Excited? Yeah. The women are going, yeah. The men are going, yes. Food and football, right? Even though the Patriots are going to be Cowboys this today, I think it is. <laughs> Pastor Randy's going to no. know. Um, right? But what ends up happening this coming week? In a typical American home, we have a beautiful turkey, right? It's a nice table. It a beautiful cloth on it. You have a beautiful turkey in the middle. You can smell it smoke coming up off the turkey. You see the the stuffing inside of the turkey and it's starting to come out a little bit, right? Then you see right next to it a little cranberry sauce. Then over here you got the gravy with the little thing you could dip it like this in the gravy. Then you got a little bread, right? The rolls nice and soft with a little butter. Nice right there. All right? Then you got the salad, it is so incredible. Your beautiful salad. It took your wife an hour just to do the salad. Then you have some people have ham. Right? Some people have ham. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. A little ham with the with, with the with the like that little syrup going over it. Then you got the table. The big table. The nice table. The table with the desserts. like right there. On the table you got your grandmother's apple pie. With the little slits in it. The smoke is coming out of the slits. The sugar is slightly poured on by your grandmother's hands. You can smell this. Then you have the pumpkin pie. The pumpkin pie is just so beautiful. Just nice and round. And some of you and I don't understand as a please hey, you get mac and cheese? Right? Mac. This is a Texas thing. Right? mac and cheese right macaroni and cheese we don't do that in puerto rico no macaroni and cheese i'll get into that later so you got a little mac and cheese and then you got those cookies the little cinnamon cookies with the sugar dripped on them that when you bite it it just melts it's awesome are you hungry Santo. Yes. And then you dress up nice, right? Dress up nice and you're looking good. And you got a little soft music in the background, right? A little Frank Sinatra. Or maybe Christmas music. Some of you are so in a rush to a Christmas. A little Christmas music, right? Right. It's beautiful, right? That's awesome. Now I'm going to tell you about a Puerto Rican cri- uh, Thanksgiving. How many Puerto Ricans are here? How many Dominicans? Wepa, right? <laughs> hey, it's a Spanish thing. You go to Puerto Rico, they go, Huepa, right? Am I lying? No, okay. Está bien. Okay, so watch this. So now, you are going to your friend's Puerto Rican Thanksgiving. And you're expecting this beautiful turkey. We do have a little turkey. (laughs) But we have something called, are you ready for this? Pendel. Right Now, my son-in-law, I love him. He's awesome. Oh, God has blessed me. I love my son-in-law. But he tries, sometimes he speaks Spanish. And (laughs) What ends up happening is, we have a battle. I love him, but he goes, "Hey, Dad, um, is uh, is uh, Mom gonna make Pernil?" <laughs> Señor mio, papá, Pernil. He goes, "That's what I said, Pernil." Oh gosh, God help me with this. Year. We have this battle. Okay, what Penil is, for those of you who don't know, it's it's a roast, right? It's beautiful. You get the, the hard skin. You all right? She's, 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 she's coming into shock. <laughs> We're talking about Penil. You know? You get that hard crust on the top. So what ends up happening is this. Now I got to get to my friend's house that has this food, right? But I'm I'm about a mile away. He lives in the projects. And he lives on the 19th floor. But I'm not sure which apartment it is that I need to go to. So as I drive into... The projects, I'm like, man, how am I going to find this guy? How am I going to, oh. And the minute you're like a block away, you can smell the food. <laughs> but then he realizes, out of every Puerto Rican home, on Thanksgiving, I don't care if you're sitting in your car two miles away with the windows raised up, and they live on the 19th floor, you can still tell which apartment it is. You know why? Why? Because this is what you hear coming out of the apartment. Right? Am I lying? Right? Right? That's what you hear. And they say, it! Everybody's screaming. The whole, you could smell it in the elevator. Right? It's true. But this is the thing. We go in. And we start eating the cookies. We start eating the junk food. We start eating these little things to get us prepped for the food. But when the food is ready to come out, what ends up happening? I'm full. We were eating the junk food and we were full. And we really don't get to enjoy the food. Isaiah 55, 1 through 2 says this. All you who are thirsty, come to me and drink. And to those who don't have money to buy food, come and eat for free. See, why do you spend your time filling yourself on something that doesn't really have no nutritional value for your body? See, God says, come to me and you will eat what is good. Your soul will enjoy the stuff that I have, the stuff that satisfies you. I will satisfy you. During the famine in China, and this is true. During the famine, there's, uh, many, 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 many years ago, there was a famine, huge famine, hundreds of years ago. There was famine in China. And the people that lived uh, in the countryside, I mean, there was just no food, nothing. And then what they ended up doing was they found this edible dirt. And they made from this edible dirt... Something that looked like bread. And they would eat it. And it would fill their bellies. They were like, wow, we're full. And they began to do this. The problem was this. They were dying of starvation with their stomachs full. They were dying of starvation with their stomachs full. Why? Because the dirt had no minerals, no vitamins, no um, protein, no carbs, nothing. In Australia during the Great Depression, they were also starving. And they began to make a type of porridge. And the plant that was in abundance during that time was called the Nabu plant. Again, this plant had zero nutritional value. No carbs, no proteins, no fats, no minerals, nothing. And people were dying of starvation with full stomachs. See, there are many within the church that feel that they have full stomachs but are dying spiritually. This is because they're eating spiritual junk food. See, their stomachs may be full and may feel satisfied, but they're starving to death. They're starving to death. Are you really hungry? Are you hungry? And I'm not talking about for physical food, but are you hungry for spiritual food? You know, sometimes my wife and I, we're at home and we say, ah, let's go grab something to eat. And we get into the car and she goes, you know what? I'm not cooking. You're right. Let's go. Let's go get something to eat. That's cool. Let's go. So we, we, we begin to drive. I said, what do you want to eat? I, whatever you want. I don't care. Right? And none of you guys have been through the same thing. So I say to her, I said, okay, babe. I said, let you know, we go to the center in Milford, they got that nice Italian restaurant. Do you, do you want to eat Italian? we we'll go let's go, let's go to Italian. I don't want Italian. Okay. I say to her, All right, no problem. Let's go to the buffet. Chinese buffet. I love the Chinese buffet. Some people are, I go in there, you you pick whatever you got, they got so much food, so many different things. Let's go to I don't want to eat there. Okay. Okay. All right, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. So let's go to La Chusqueria and, uh, and uh, Exit 8. Churrasqueria and Exit 8. Right? They got the little thing that you turn green, whatever red, right? you flip it upside down, they feed you till you roll out of there. Right? <laughs> they got everything. And my wife goes, No, I don't want to go there either. Ay, Dios mío. So I said, Okay. I got it. Got it. Not a problem. I got this. We're good. Let's have Spanish food. Let's go to the Spanish deli. We'll get, you know, you got pick what you want. got rice. You got beans. You got, you know, a whole bunch of different food. She goes, I don't feel like Spanish either. I said, why don't we just go home and you go cook? <laughs> How many have gone through that? Many of us have gone through that, Right? Right? But I want to ask the same question to you. What are you hungry for? Because whatever you're hungry for, whatever you hunger, watch this now. Whatever you hunger will determine your destiny. What are you hungry for? Because whatever you hunger for will determine your destiny. Are you hungry to make another deal that's not going to satisfy you? Are you hungry for success? Are you hungry because... You want to develop your wealth? Are you hungry for partying? What, what are you hungry for? See, so you need to hunger and thirst after God to be right with God and to live right with God. See, the third way to grow my hunger for God is to make knowing God your number one goal in life. Make knowing God your number one goal in life. See, not success, not happiness, because success and happiness are byproduct of knowing God. Byproduct of knowing God. Psalm 63.1 63.1 says this. Oh God, I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you as I travel through this parched and weary desert where there is no water. See, some of you are going through a desert right now. You're in a desert with your marriage. You're in a desert with your job. You're in a desert with your finances. You're in a desert in your career. You feel it all has dried up. So what do you do when you're in that desert and it's all dried up? What you need to do is you need to hunger for God. Hunger for him. Because he can fill you up. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this. In the NCB uh, version it says this. The, things, the thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. All these other things will be given to you. Seeking him first seeking his presence first you know when you have that trial when you have that thing that comes and hits you that attack or that financial problem or that marriage you say wait stop father i'm gonna turn and i'm gonna seek you i'm gonna put this to the side i'm gonna hunger for you because when i hunger for you this will get resolved when i seek you this will get resolved When I seek you, when I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, this will get resolved. And it's putting him in the proper place. See, the fourth thing you need to do in order to maintain your hunger for God is this. Get into God's word every day. Every day. See, the Bible uses this metaphor um, of the word of God being meat, the word of God being bread, the word of God being honey. So we can understand how important his word is. He uses that. He explains. He talks about it. You know, meat, bread, honey. Listen to what I'm saying. Do you you understand? That is my word. It's going to fill you. There are three verses that I want you to to focus on and write down. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. And it says this. Jesus answered, it is written. Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 1 Peter 2.2, two, we read it earlier, but I'm going to give you a different version. And it says this, you must crave the pure spiritual milk of the word so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry out, excuse me, for this nourishment like a baby cries for milk. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, and righteousness. That is his word. See, when you get into the word of God every day, you begin to develop those spiritual muscles. Some of you have spiritual muscles that have atrophy. You really do. You ever go to the gym working out and you see the guy that's, ripped i mean he is diesel guy's big huge but then you look at his legs and they look like twigs you ever see that guy he's what he just wants everybody to look at him but it looks like he's carrying a string hanging from his pants he doesn't work out his legs you got to do leg work you got to work out your legs do some squats, deadlifts, work out your legs. Then you look proper. Many, many of us as believers, we, we have atrophy in our spiritual muscles. You're not praying. You're not seeking the word of God. You're not fasting. You're not doing the things as a believer that you need to do on a daily basis. You know, when I was 44 years old, I had a heart attack in the parking lot of the church. And what ended up happening was this. As they took me to the hospital, I wasn't worried about my wife, my kids, because I knew they were, they were going to be taken care of. They were going to do fine. I was worried about two things. And this is what I was worried about. That I was going to go before the presence of God and that number one. I was going to go before I completed the destiny that God had for me on this earth. And number two, that I knew that there were still people on this earth that needed to hear the gospel through my mouth. And it gave me such a fear knowing that I would stand before the presence of God knowing that I had not completed what he had told me to complete. Fear. I know I was going to heaven. That wasn't the issue. But to be able to go before my father and say I didn't finish what I was supposed to. From that moment on, I began to take care of myself health-wise. And I realized that I said, Father, you have not finished with me. You still have a lot of things to do in my life. I began to hunger for the word like never before. And it began to become a priority. An incredible priority. See, when you are able to read the word, read the word. Now, there are people that turn around and say this, Pastor, I read a verse. I go to the next one. I forgot what I read, right? And I understand it happens to people. But you know what? Now with your phones, the smartphones, you have audio book, right? You can put it in your ears during the day. One of the things that I do before I go to sleep, I make sure that the Word is the last thing I, I do. And when I get up in the morning, the Word is the first thing I do. Every single day. Every day. Every day. Eating once a week is not going to help you stay healthy. Coming here to hear Pastor Franco, whoever is preaching here, once a week, you eat once a week and then come see me. You're going to look like a twig. Right? Some of you are probably saying, you know what, I'm going to try that. But watch, I'm telling you, once a week is not enough. You know, when you get, Pastor Frank pours into the Word. I see him studying in the office. And he's studying during the week to bring the messages. And, and you know, let me tell you something. Uh, amazing. We have an awesome pastor. We really do. We really do. But he hungers for the Word. He goes into the Word. Sometimes he comes into my office, Rich, check out what I just found out. And I look and I go, Oh, Pastor, I've never seen that in, his wor- in the Word. I've never seen that. And I've read that verse 30 times. He goes, the Lord just revealed this to me. I'm like, wow. See, you can go on, on Pastor Frank's podcast, on your podcast, listen to the messages, go to the archive messages, go to the website, get the Word inside of you. I want you to listen to this statement. I want you to write this down. This statement blew me away when I I read it. And this is what it says. Appetite is influenced by association. Appetite is influenced by association. Right? See, if you get a group of people together and say, man, I'm starving, let's go eat. Let's get a, a few people, you know, together. And like in our office, you know, I go, Pastor Brandon, let's go eat, man. Uh, Pastor Gina, Pastor Chris, Pastor Mark, let's go eat. Pastor Vega, let's go. Pastor Vega loves to eat. But Pat, go, oh, you know, let's go eat. And I said, you know what? I wasn't thinking about it, but I'm starving. I said, yeah, what do you want? Sushi? Chinese? Where do you want to go? To the deli? What did I do? I just turned on the switch right that's what i did how many of you have ever been to ikea (laughs) you guys that have never been to ikea need to leave new milford (laughs) and take a ride this is road is 84 bring you that way ikea in new haven right When you go to Ikea New Haven and you buy something, you get to that register to pay. What do you smell? What? Yeah. But you smell one thing specifically. Cinnabons. And The Cinnabon. Wow. I think I'm going to put this in my living room. The Cinnabon, it's steaming. Look, 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 look. Look, it's dripping, look. And then it comes down, and then it's... This is a spiritual experience. And then you, you get the... That's two, four, six, eight. You get eight of them. Somebody already took a piece of this one. You, you, you take that Cinnabon... And you walk, you walk over, and you said, "Can I get the small pack?" And then they say, "Would you like extra cream?" I said, oh, "Why are you asking me such a stupid question?" Of course, I want cream. And then you put it's smoking, and you put it in your hands, and it's it's warm. And then you tell your wife, you go. Baby, watch this. Uh, Oh, powerful. Right? But then I recently found out from Pastor Brandon that Cinnabon's is at the mall. (laughs) I don't have to drive to Ikea anymore. I was like, glory to God. Right? It's great. See, appetite is influenced by association. What do I associate? Who do I associate with that's going to help me develop my hunger for God? Am I associating with the right people that are going to help me to grow spiritually, to develop that hunger for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Right? How? You know, when the Jehovah Witnesses come knock on my door Saturday... I opened the door and I said, come in. Would you like tea or coffee? My wife will tell you. It's no joke. I, I bring him into my house. Because God has given me, brought somebody to my house to preach the gospel. Boy, you better get in this house. <laughs> you're going to sit down. You're going to hear the gospel the right way. I want to bring him in association with an influence that's going to bring the gospel to him so he can hunger for the gospel for Jesus Christ. Our fifth one is this. So if you want to keep this spiritual appetite for God for your lifetime, this is what you need to do. Join a discipleship small group for support. In January, we're going to start discipleship small groups. Now, you're still going to have the option to come here on Sunday and do it in the classroom. But we're going to have, we already have 18 groups. Teachers that are going to pour into you as leaders. They're going to mentor you in the gospel. They're going to teach you the word of God. we're, We're literally going to do this scripturally. The way the Word of God wants it to, we're gonna. These leaders are gonna mentor you, spend time with you, preach the gospel, teach the gospel. Excuse me, teach the gospel. You're gonna be able to ask questions. You're gonna be able to 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 really develop a relationship. These are the people that are gonna influence your hunger for the gospel. You need to surround yourself. Again, appetite is influenced by association. Proverbs 2:20 says this. Join the company of good men and women who will keep you in the path of the righteous. See, if you hang out with the people that all they care about is politics, sports, success, that's all you're going to care about. That's all you're going to care about. But if you hang out with people who care about God, that's what you are going to care about. So it's your choice. It's your decision. I can't force feed you. Can't do it. But the thing is this, very soon, maybe in our lifetime, maybe not, you're going to hear the trumpet sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And those that are still here on earth are going to meet up with them in the heavens and they're going to be with our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. So do you want to be part of that? Yes, I know I'm going. And I want to hunger for my Lord and my Savior as much as I can. And I want to eat that food. Let's all stand.